0: Wilson Contreras on to Whitney City, Brian Beto, Jordan Burnfield coming up as well. Wilson was at Wrigley before the Cubs got swept by the White Sox on Sunday night. He was with Laureus USA's Chicago Comeback Campaign, which is a campaign designed to mobilize the Chicago community to send a letter of support calling on legislative stakeholders and funders To prioritize sustained funding for local youth sports uh, programming, which is obviously a beautiful cause. Let's get people playing and let's give everybody the same access to equipment and fields as much as we can, as best as we can. Uh, So I got to interview Wilson yesterday. uh, Damon Lamar Reed, a Chicago-based artist, was there with this huge mural that was absolutely beautiful. Check out the uh, picture that I said of Wilson in the fan-sided article. But we're going to hear from Wilson on wanting to stay with the Cubs. Keys from 2016 that he took out of that team that maybe perhaps could be on the next great Cubs World Series team. And uh, yeah, playing hard. Contreras is one of those guys who used to at least go down the line 100% all the time. And I'd be sitting there like, you're going to get hurt. You don't need to do that. It's a routine ground ball to second. You can run 60% to first, and that's totally fine. So I ask him about playing hard. And then Jordan and Beto jumping on here as we react to Tom Ricketts' letter to season ticket holders. Interesting uh, piece of writing from Tom. And, uh, yeah, where do Jed Hoyer and the Cubs go from here? Do they build around Contreras? I think you'll really enjoy the pod coming up, which is, of course, sponsored by... You know it. You love it. Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Put in that promo code Fansided20. You get 20% off. You get free shipping, and you get yourself the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Just used it myself this past week up in Michigan, little Boyne Mountain, taking some time away, and nothing like being on vacation and just getting yourself together mentally. But also, you got to look good, right? You got to feel good. You got to feel together. And uh, hey, a little rejuvenation, I had to bring along my Lawn Mower 4.0, the Weed Whacker. It's waterproof, that's right, you do it in the shower, that's where you go. And you also get the uh, two free gifts, the boxers, the Shed Travel Bag. I had my Shed Travel Bag carrying my Lawn Mower 4.0, life is good. And uh, yes, uh, clean and ready to roll, get yourself your Lawn Mower 4.0 at manscaped.com. You will not be disappointed. All right, the Windy City Cubs podcast, starting with Wilson Contreras, and then Beto and Burnfield starts right now. Showtime. Let's talk sport for good, and you've always been a guy that loves giving back. What about today means the most to you?
2: It means a lot. It means a lot, especially with the his uh, beautiful campaign. Chicago, Chicago's come back. Um, uh, I just want to make sure that... The kids, the child had the same opportunity that I had because uh, everything that I had because uh, of the sports. Yeah, sport means a lot to me. I want to make sure that every kid in, the, in Chicago, in the Chicago area, had the same opportunity that I had. Uh, help them grow, help them uh, to create a culture, to to be good in uh, in the, in life. So uh, I'm really happy to be part of, and uh, I'm super excited to to keep continue. Growing the, the a nice culture, and uh, I just want to make sure that the, every child has the same opportunity that I had. Did you have a lot as a kid? Um, actually, yes. Sports give me give me a, the, the huge opportunity to be a baseball player. Um, it's a it's um it's a little different from uh, from Venezuela, but um, I think the USA uh, needs to keep creating the opportunity to those kids that. They are, in, they are in different situations than I, so um, I think sports helps people to, to grow a lot, and, and, and that's, that's what I want to make sure of.
0: So young Wilson had a mitt, you had cleats?
2: No, I don't, but uh, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they, I, don't, I, I didn't have the same opportunity, but now that I'm in the big leagues, I want to make sure that, that every kid yeah. has the same opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
2: Thank you.
0: So obviously a different year for you guys. How are you feeling a couple of weeks past here, just sort of stepping into your new role?
2: Um, it's been a little different. It's been uh, a little different since everybody got trained. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of new energy, which I like. And I like what I see from, uh, from my guys that they just got called up. We're um, just, just trying to make sure that we stick together. We win and lose together. And um, we just want to make sure that they feel comfortable enough to, to play good baseball.
0: So I've got a picture in my phone, August 17th, 2016. You're at Tony's Burritos on Damon and Belmont. After a game, no one recognizes you. It's two months after your debut, and I was kind of like, hey, Wilson, can, can I just get a quick pick with you? What do you remember about that guy who was going to Tony's Burritos, not getting noticed, to the guy that's standing here today?
2: Man, it's a, it's a completely different story. Um, I used to live by by the by the area when I got there when I got here and it was really fun. I I, I could have got out and little, very little people recognized who I was. Uh five years later, uh, I I'd be walking the streets of Chicago and I got recognized by a lot of people. It feels good, it feels uh, it feels great. That was one of my dreams since I was a kid. And um I wish that the, the every kid in the USA and the world have the same opportunity that I have uh, to dream big, and then they have to know that that there's nothing impossible. If I'm here, they they can they can fulfill their dream to be the big leader, to be in different sports. But uh, it makes me proud of uh, getting recognized in Chicago. You want to be here when you guys
0: win the World Series next. What what did that when you think back to 2016? What did that team have that you would? Like to bring into what? What would it look like in the next version? What, did, like, what do you remember about the chemistry or, or something about that unit?
2: Yeah, of course, uh, I would love uh, to be a part of a, of a new World Series for Chicago Um uh, I'm in this ship and I'm, I want to be here. Of course, there's a lot of decisions that I can control. And uh, from what I remember that I would like to have back is that the mix of uh, Veran and John guys uh, that that were mixed together that were. Uh, they create really a uh, really good chemistry, and uh, they stick together for sure. In 2016, that team has sticked together since April until November, and I would like to have that back, to have the same chemistry, to have the, the experience, to have the young guys. And uh, by the time that, I, that, that that I wish to, to get the, my second World Series, I want to be one of the leaders. Okay, you're not going to like this last question, but...
0: I always worry that long season, 162 games, playing hard, running as hard as you can to first, like it's like one play versus the whole season. Scared, but you've always been full-on effort guy. Now worried about getting hurt. I'm like, why not go 70% down the line and just just make be make sure you're healthy for the next day? What, what 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 is it with you that you just don't play that way?
2: Man, I think that's the, I think it's my heart, my heart. Every time that I cross the line, I forgot about everything and I give my my 100%. But uh, with experience, you, you learn how to manage your energy and, and you know that your health is really important. Uh, thankfully, this year I've been health since the season start. Uh Nothing good that I stayed that way because, um, like I said, the experience helped me to control my energy, to control my emotions. And um, we all know that in a routine ground ball, you don't have to go 100%. But that's what I did before. That was, that's what I felt it was right to do. But... When you're a catcher and you're you're catching every single day in a hot day, night game, from night game to day game, it's really hard to give 100%. There's when you need to know what you need to do best for your body.
0: Great giving back, Wilson. Good to see you.
2: Thank you, guys. I think we
0: can start the podcast right there that you're trying to get your TV set up so you can watch Bulls Summer League basketball, Brian Beto, which I think is a great option for Cub fans right now.
3: It is. And the Bulls have done more for me maybe in the last two weeks outside of the D Rose era than they've done for me in the last 23 years or so by distracting me a little bit from what's going on with the Cubs. So bull summer league basketball, I just want to see Patrick William just absolutely crap on someone. dunk just viciously right now to make me feel better about my Cubs fandom.
0: So I want you guys to be really honest here. But also have an open mind/slash heart. Cause we're, of course, riding it out here. But there is this other team in the city that swept the Cubs this weekend, that has Eloy Jimenez, former Cub, has Dylan Cease, former Cub, has Ryan Tapera, has Craig Kimbrell, is only 7.1 miles south. The Cubs clearly don't care if the White Sox win it because they've done everything they can to help them this year and help themselves in the process. Will you jump on the White Sox 2021 bandwagon?
3: No. I I'm I, starting.
0: I, I, I enjoyed the dead silence there for a while. I mean, it, you can't see in an audio form, but they both just stared at me.
3: No, well, I mean, I, I, I think mean, I would.
4: That's really? I would. Yeah. You look good.
3: I, yeah. I'm I'm in a I'm I'm sticking to my same, I guess thought process with the Sox, regardless if they're good and bad. It's indifference. Don't really care if they're good. Don't really care yeah. if
0: they're bad. You know what's hard about that though, for a Cub fan. All I heard from White Sox fans and the Windy City White Sox podcast. I mean, Courtney, Moe, the King. I never go to Wrigley. Wrigley's a shithole. Like they. There's not yeah, a- those
3: people are just – that narrative is just so bad it's- and both sides. And then people like saying, oh, nobody goes to Sox games. That's what Cubs fans say. Like, how can you go there? You're going to get shot walking out of there. Just a bunch of like garbage narratives that's been around their whole lives that when those people come up with those, I'm like, all right, you're done. I dealt with that more as a kid. I rooted against the Sox when I was a kid because I didn't want to have to go into school the next day and be like, oh, did you see Frank Thomas did? Sammy Sosa struck out four times. It's like, dude, I don't want to hear that. But now that I'm older and I don't have to deal with people like going thanks Cubs every two seconds, even though I, I did see a lot of that this weekend from when Eloy hit bombs, <laughs> like I don't really care anymore. They don't affect my life one way or the other.
4: That's, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, I would say that they don't really affect me in an emotional sense, I think that when I, when I covered them, it was easier because I didn't really have emotion in it, but I like a lot of their players. I find them very likable. So if they do well, I think it's good. Honestly, I'm in a very small minority. I think of Chicago sports fans, but I wish that people liked both teams because I do like the socks, but I feel like, Whenever I have resentment to those socks, it is because Sox fans live to see us lose. So it's like kind of a hard feeling because in my perfect world, we would all like both teams because we all live in Chicago, but I know that that will never happen. So I more just get annoyed at Sox fans delight for our demise, but I would like to see the Sox do well, if that makes sense. That's I know I'm getting some needles here. But i do they care more about like us them. than we care about them. Yes. Is that fa- that's I don't fair. think that I don't even think that's debatable and i know that I agree. There are socks fans that would push back at that because they would feel triggered by a comment like that but i don't even think that the, i think if we're all being honest i get why they hate us. I get it. Yeah, I me understand too. Understand it. I I don't agree with it but i completely understand it. But i still like i would like to live in a world which will never happen where we could like and celebrate both of them.
0: Well, you have an opportunity to do that, Jordan. You can put. <laughs> your... I can, but nobody else will. Okay. Okay. Yes. I just if when the White Sox, if the White Sox get to the World Series, I'll just be interested to see if Burnfield is sitting there with Matilda with Deanna. I doubt with your dad. I don't see Jeff Burnfield coming over to watch that game. For the record,
4: no. But I don't. I don't think that my. My dad has mellowed on that over the years. Like, I think that he finds plenty of their players likable. It's hard not to find Tim Anderson likable, right? It's hard not to find Lucas Giolito likable. I mean, they have a lot of guys that, we're being honest, super likable. Outside uh, their manager. I cling to their manager to balance things out. Manager's (laughs) not likable. But everybody else, I think, is pretty likable. So it's hard. Like, am I supposed to hate them because... They hate us. I really think that that's one of the reasons why Cub fans hate the Sox. It's because we feel threatened because a lot of the culture of the White Sox is to, like, destroy and hate the Cubs. Everything
0: Cubs. Do you pay attention to the Cubs versus Sox record? And in, in no. since, since interleague no. play started, you don't pay attention to that. No, I, I know it's no
3: close, idea it but the White Sox are up. But I think I was I saw a bunch of jokes saying yesterday, being like the Cubs are really going to have to do some work to retain the what was it used to be called the BP Crosstown Cup right before <laughs> the oil spill. And then they got rid of the BP part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, did they
3: give that out yesterday? I didn't see. No, because no. the Cubs can still retain it, right? Because they have won the recent one. they So if they split, it's the team that had recently oh, won it, right? So if the Retains White Sox it, win
4: yeah. one game in the next series, which they obviously will, then they get yeah. the cup. They, get
3: the all, they all get the coveted
4: cup. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be 6-0. I hope so. I want the yeah. draft pick. Agreed. Uh-huh.
0: I, for the record, I thought this weekend was going to be 48 to nothing. So they, they actually played better only losing 19 to six. Expectation. Yeah, they, did they, you,
3: I didn't even see it live. Did you, did you guys go nuts during did, the, the whole, the Romine Homer had to be great theater off of Kimbrel. I, this is a of ba- randomness of it.
0: This is a bad thing to say on a Cubs podcast. I didn't watch one inning or one pitch. I saw <laughs> Absolutely nothing, so Jordan. I, Jordan, you're our you're our eyes and ears for this one because clearly Beto and I were not there.
4: So neither was I because I was working all. Weekend. You were
3: calling baseball games. Those yeah, guys so, can probably play for the Cubs. I feel like. And the year, he's like, "Gee, Henry, you could play for the Cubs." That's right. Like so Friday, what I was you had all weekend.
4: Yes, Friday, I was in Milwaukee watching baseball for this tournament that I was calling on Saturday with the great Mike Huff, former White Sox player. Um, and so we were at games all day, didn't see the first game. So we had a production meeting and then dinner and I saw on social media that Romine hit this home run. And then I saw that they were losing in the 10th, I think Goodwin homered or something. Yeah. So it was six to four. And I didn't even know what happened after that. So we went to dinner hours later and I just assumed that the Cubs had lost six to four. They lost eight to six. The next day, we did two baseball games. And then I was driving to the DMB show that Beto and I were both at Saturday night. So I didn't see any of the games Saturday. And then I got off the Peloton in the first inning, figuring I'll turn on game three. And Davies had already given up three homers. And I watched him give up the homer to Vaughn. And I was like, well, this is not how I'm spending my Sunday night. No, so the clicker so went. There- and I didn't honestly, I didn't see. Any of it, except so for the you, Sunday Omer. night.
3: No baseball. What did? What were you watching Sunday night? What was on? What was on the Carmen television? So were
0: you what, not home. No, I was not home. I uh, Friday I was up at Boyne Mountain Tennis Camp, losing to 15 year old Katia who has braces and beat me, and it was an absolute horrible moment in my life. Uh, but uh, this
4: doesn't seem weird at all.
0: No, it was well. It 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 was depending on your point of view, slightly weird. Not weird for me because... I don't know. Lots of people of all ages play tennis, but me competing against a 15 year old, I suppose is a little bit awkward and losing to Katia and being as embarrassed as I was, was just straight awful and just avoiding the rest of the people at camp for the next hour, as I had to digest it before the doubles tournament started. And, uh, and then, so then on Friday I did the rush with cap and I left, uh, I left after having, I did it live from Boyne mountain after losing to Katia, didn't see any of Friday, Saturday I was, I was back in business and playing some weirdo in Highland Park in tennis uh, who was complaining about my etiquette and who, who I was so angry about losing to Katia that I just started like all my anger issues just came out and I started screaming at this guy. And that was very, that made me feel good, but I didn't see any of the game. And then last night I was, uh, I was writing up the Wilson Contreras piece who yeah. um, is on uh, the podcast, who you just heard from today, uh, which I get to talk to Wilson For five minutes yesterday, uh, about noon, there's a sweet initiative that's going on uh, that Wilson is behind trying to get uh, people playing baseball and equipment and all that stuff. So Wilson's a great, great man, which leads me to, uh, I want to talk about Contreras and whether you think the Cubs should build around him, whether that's the main piece. But before we do that, so we'll do that in five minutes. And this was a long-winded answer as to why I wasn't watching, but I got... Have you guys seen the letter that Tom Ricketts sent to season ticket holders? Yes, yes, yeah, last see- week. Okay. So, for those who didn't, I'm just going to read it. This past week has been extremely hard for everyone, especially our team and our fans. It's impossible to properly prepare for parting with players who personify what it means to be a Cub. While we believe the decisions we took were right for our organization, They were nonetheless difficult to make for nearly a decade. We've had the joy of watching Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez and Chris Bryant set franchise records, win countless awards and become world series champions and amazing ambassadors for our franchise and the city. Their individual and collective contributions to our organization cannot be overstated. They are forever etched in Cubs history and the heart of our fans, keeping our core together. As long as we did helped create one of the most successful eras of Cubs baseball. It wasn't without a price as we traded several promising prospects from 2016 to 2020 in our quest to win another world series over the past few weeks. It became clear. It was time to make decisions focused on our future, not our past. However, We do not regret pouring everything we had into keeping the championship window open as long as possible. You didn't pour everything you had into it. As David Ross said, the greatest legacy of Anthony, Javi, and Chris is they were part of a team that raised expectations. Cubs fans are no longer content with merely making the playoffs. As we reset our team, please don't we share your higher expectations With five postseason appearances in the last six years, including reaching the NLCS three times and our historic World Series championship, sustainable on-field success is the new standard. We're focused on replenishing our farm system and reloading our roster to build our next great Cubs team. The recent addition of several young high-ceiling players uh, and highly effective player development system and additional financial resources underpin our position of strength. Your support is critical critical to our success, and I want to thank you for your incredible loyalty now and through the years. During the season, without Cub fan without fans due to COVID-19, you remain con- committed to our team, and you helped bring life and magic back to the friendly confines this year. You were extremely patient as we worked to build a championship roster and restore Wrigley Field. You believed in our plan to win and trusted us to deliver on our commitment to play championship baseball in the greatest ballpark in America. We did, as I assure you, uh, We did, and I assure you, we will do it again soon. We understand it might take a little time to process these changes as we integrate new players into our already already talented roster. If the past tells us anything, watching a remarkable team come together is extremely exciting and rewarding, especially when everyone is aligned on the goal of winning the World Series. Highly anticipated call-ups, Wrigley Field debuts, immediate big league impact. It's all part of what makes our game so special. We're grateful for the chance to share in that joy and journey together again. Sincerely, Tom Ricketts. Sorry that was long, but uh, I felt the need to read it. What was your What was your reaction? Go ahead. Me
4: first. You first.
0: I I, I just like when I throw it out there. In this dead silence when it's when it's something <laughs> as awkward as this letter.
4: Well, I my initial reaction is that obviously there are going to be half truths when an owner of a team has to send some kind of written statement to the fan base and to season ticket holders to try to get them to keep their tickets. So, like, I don't feel like it's a productive exercise to go through each line of this and decide what is or isn't fact because any owner, and I'm not defending him at all, I'm just saying any owner that sends something like this out knows no matter what I say, Most people are going to dislike it because everyone knows what happened. They didn't want to invest in these players. You can decide whether or not you feel that's the right direction for the team. I've made clear that I felt that investing in Chris Bryant was something I would do if we're not bottoming out, which clearly they are for the rest of 2021, but I'm saying moving forward. And so, yes, some of what he wrote in that letter is not true, in my opinion. Some of what he wrote in that letter is half true. I mean, if you ever remember the show Lie to Me that got canceled on Fox, you could have Dr. Lightman go through this entire thing <laughs> and you could decide what you think is BS and what isn't. All I'm saying is that I read the letter, I sort of rolled my eyes, and it was very, you know, corporate speak, BS kind of things. Everyone knows what happened, everybody knows why they did it. And so the only reason he released a letter is so that he can feel like he did something to try to make uh, an mass exodus of season ticket holders not happen.
0: Do you think, and Beto, take this one, feel free at least, do you think he realizes how hard it is to win the World Series and how lucky they were that trades like the Arietta trade, which you just, you know, that was a smart trade, but it worked out beyond their wildest dreams, right? I mean draft picks, even though they didn't pick exactly perfectly, but Schwarber hit big in the world series. Bryant was a outstanding number two that normally doesn't necessarily play this way, even though, you know, you can have all the great information. I just think like a lot of things fell into place for him. And I I think he's a little delusional, at least in my mind, that they can just do this again.
3: Yeah. I, I think in general, I mean, to win a world series, you have to have some luck, right? Like that's call a spade a spade. Nobody's like, Oh my gosh, sure. we just caught zero breaks along the way and still won the world series. Never happens. I just think in general, I don't care about the letter. Like I get why people might be upset and I'm not defending, you know, them per se, but it just, I honestly it feels like groundhog day because I feel like a decade ago, we were having the exact same conversation that the Ricketts will not spend money to win a world series. That was happening a decade ago. They, they only care. They're, they're only care about, cause right now the narrative is like, they only care about stuff going up outside Wrigley field. That was the narrative 10 years ago. They're putting the triangle building in. They only care about that. They don't put the product on the field. It's the same the thing triangle as DraftKings sports. Club. And again, I'm not <laughs> saying. Memory. They, yeah. It's the same thing though. I feel yeah. like we're literally having the exact same conversation. Yeah. I'm not saying that they, sh- that what they did was right with all these guys and that, they're not first worried about the bottom line, but I just think it's an exercise of utility to debate this When I think they have shown that when they feel the investment is good in the on-product field, they're going to make it as evident by signing those guides and making those trades. Am I wrong?
0: No, I, I'm with you. I, yeah. I agree. Um, I guess, look, if you go back in time when he first bought the team, I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? Keeping, Jim Hendry around like how long are you gonna wait on that this is uh, this is obvious and it took him a minute and then he got rid of Hendry and hired Theo and and, and, and at that point I'm like okay don't care what happens on the field the next couple of years you hired yeah, Theo yeah. I believe in you and I guess right now it's well Theo hired Jed Jed's the guy you should in theory feel comfortable with who's running the thing. But I'm not sure mm. that uh, – he still, to me, has to prove it at the end of the day. I, I trust Jed or Tom? J- Jed. Yeah, Jed. for
3: sure. You're I mean, like, I think he's uh, proven yeah. it to an extent, but, like, that's over now, right? Like, moving forward has to – we got to do something. Like, this has to pan out, this move. I mean, the difference if,
4: now is that Jed – is a well-respected baseball executive, even though he has not always been the top person. It's not like, I mean, it's not analogous to anything they've had in the past, because I think in the past they've hired sort of people that were never considered at the top of the field. Whereas I think there has been plenty of time in Jed's tenure with the Cubs, with the Red Sox, with the Padres where it was sort of universally felt that, he's one of the smart baseball executives the smart baseball minds in the sport. So I think from that perspective, he enters this job with far more credibility than just like some guy, they pulled off the street to run the team. So, I I, mean, the
3: white Sox hired Hawk Harrelson as GM, for example.
4: Yeah. Right. I mean, so it's not that, but I guess my old thing is like, what, like what Tom Ricketts says has no meaning to me. It's all about what they do and what they chose is to not invest in this core moving forward. Now, he knew, unless he lives on another planet, that that was going to be in a deeply unpopular decision. Whether or not it's good for them moving forward, right? Like they had to know this was right. going to be an absolute nightmare from a PR standpoint, and it has been. the The fact seems to be that baseball people that know a lot more about prospects than I do, or the three of us do seem to feel like they did pretty well given the trades that they made. Yeah. I didn't feel like the day that they made the trade. I mean, I was just upset because I don't feel like a large market team should have to do this For should sure. I think that given that they did it, they have some assets. I don't know if any of these guys will work out, but at least now you have some currency as they would say. Right. So like if they need to go make a trade for a guy, maybe they can. And I think if anything has become more true in the last three days that we probably under during the winning era that they had, it is the fact that to keep winning, they traded away their prospects. They did that. That may be their fault and we can look at it now and say they shouldn't have done it. But at the time they were trying to maximize the winning window. So like, it's hard for me to be mad. Like I get that it's an easy, lazy meatball, dumb Baseball narrative in Chicago. All of those things, all of those qualifiers are true. To go, oh God, we traded Aloy and and well, Cease for a Quintana. That was the worst trade ever. It was a bad trade, but at the time they did it, I understood why they were doing it. Behold. I think if we're all honest, they were trying to win the World Series again. No one knew that Jose Quintana would suck. So it's easy to look at the surface of it and say, that was a horrible trade. It was. But I guess it's just like it's lazy, and I think that the the truth is they made these trades. Ronald Torres, I was watching play for the Phillies yesterday. Another guy that they traded. Torres, they traded to win the World Series. But I can't fault them for wanting to maximize every year they thought they could win. They just didn't win it again.
0: You can fault them on the Quintana trade for the simple fact that Justin Verlander was begging to come here. And that's their their job to assess – Who's going to come and be dominant Verlander went to the Astros and was straight nails and won a world series. And you right. would have had him for less. You chose to pay a premium to get Quintana. Yeah. Okay. That's sweet. You, you're trying to win, but you can't just hide behind that. It, we were trading. you no, 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 no. That trade sucked. And, and you guys, I mean, well, it and, clearly and, sucked. Well, and I think part of the reason why they did that trade for the record, which is where I will call out Tom Ricketts, they did that trade. Cheap deal. Because Quintana was under uh, a much more team-friendly contract and Verlano was more expensive. So don't say that you did everything you could to keep the window open. They have not had Yankee-style flexibility to spend. They haven't. And that's coming from the top. Not And, and I'm not saying they haven't spent money, and I think he will spend money but they they do operate with, with a budget that teams of that level don't necessarily have. They don't spend like the Red Sox. They don't spend like the Yankees. They're not it's quite there. The Dodgers, there. The don't Dodgers know, they don't it spend seems, like
4: that. It seems they don't have that money. Maybe I, mean, they, I don't think they – they may not have it, and I am not, I'm not defending them, to be fair, but the Dodgers seem to have unlimited money and resources, right? The Yankees have unlimited money and resources, The Werner family that owns the Red Sox seems to now have unlimited money and resources because, you know, they bought, what was it, Manchester United. So, like, I don't think that the Ricketts family, as rich as they might be and as much money as they've made on the Cubs, operate in the same stratosphere as those other owners. I'm not sure that they have that kind of money. I'm not saying they aren't rich or they can't spend near the top of the league and they should be expected to. I do think that they should be expected to. But I think what you were talking about here is I don't think there are the Dodgers and the Yankees because they can't be. I'm not well, saying that. I think that they would be in a certain respect if they could, because they want to make money too. And when the Cubs are good, they make money. So for them to choose to suck either means that they're cheap or that they don't have the money to be the Dodgers, the Yankees.
0: I mean, I think it's a combination but you can't tell me that, they, that the Ricketts family couldn't have afforded to pay an extra whatever it was, $7 million a year oh, yeah, for Verlander. Course, I mean, for come sure. On. Of course.
4: The they va- what the
3: valuation's yeah. what, like three bill and they bought it for nine hundred million? Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah.
4: They, I'm not, yeah. they definitely have money. They have a lot of money. I'm just saying that I think when it comes to like Dodgers and Yankees, we're talking about like
3: just. Also, like you don't want to yeah. throw bad money out there, right? Sure. So like they still want our smart like they want to get a good return on your investment What the crippling problems from the Yankees like two decades ago was that they just started throwing money at their problems. The Cubs were more than just that. It was like, they, they needed to develop, like they didn't, they've developed zero pitching. Right. Right. They've, they didn't get as much talent development at the major league level as some other guys like Schwarber and some of these other dudes like that had a huge problem in addition to, not just spending money on their guys for
4: extensions and stuff right. like that. So I you think it all. With, I think I because you're to your point, Beto. Like when they, you remember in the end of the Hendry regime when they were throwing money around to make the sale, right? Dude, they were trying inc- to sell the incredible, team and right. they they were hurt for five years because of that. The, the That's Soriano, why Tom they had to yes. wait to Mark's point to do anything
3: because yes. it's like we got to wait till and Soriano gets a lot of bad. Well, he but, had some but, good years, but like they, did, outbid, but the they is, outbid themselves. Yes, and they yes. gave Ramirez all this money when he was like 32. They gave all this money. To, they they gave money to all these dudes that were on the back end of their content. they had to wait for that to run out. Well, it, right, and it, no it, trade clauses. We all got no trade clauses.
0: It, it was just it. disgusting what they did then because they all they they were just trying to drive up the drive the, up the price. The, yeah. It yes. wasn't right, and which is just a straight screwing of the franchise in the end. Whoever was buying it, and it's and it was taking Cub fans. It was putting the fandom in, okay, we're going to, yeah, you guys, we're going to have a ton on the books and we're going to suck, but Hey, hopefully we got more money than we would have gotten because we did this. It was gross. Let me, let me, let me just put, put this out at, at, at the Ricketts family and and I'll leave it at this. And I know that most people don't care about season ticket holders because that's a very small percentage, but that was a letter to season ticket holders who paid the freight when they did the first rebuild paid, Full level tickets for a triple A team for years. And then once they won it, Rick, the family skyrocketed the the prices of the tickets. There was no give back whatsoever. You paid for this all these years. Hey, now your tickets are actually undervalued because we won the world series. No, we're going to skyrocket them again. And, And so season ticket holders have been paying over the value of tickets for years now. And so now you're going to have whatever you have next year. Maybe they'll be remotely competitive in the division. Most likely they won't. I hope they're not. I hope they take some time here to let everything just develop a little more organically than try to rush back there. But something in that letter should have said, as a season ticket holder, I can promise you we are going to uh, increase the value of your tickets, either A, in a cost reduction, or B, because you're a season ticket holder, you will not be paying the full price of the ticket. Something but they're not going to do that. They're going to no. ask season ticket holders to pay the same rate that they're paying now for a much poorer product and I don't know why anybody would be a season ticket holder when the tickets on the secondary market are worth half of what they're worth that you're paying for. You're I don't even know forward because, you know. because
3: you're paying for 3 years from now. You're right, you're hoping is... that they turn it around.
0: Right. So, regardless
3: right. if they're holding their spot in line, that's what they're paying for, right? Right. Yeah. So you
0: hold But there's. I don't think there's a line anymore.
3: If you there, there. But there will be. You're getting ahead of the market. You. You don't think there will be if they're
4: good again in two years? You, I do. You, I. I think that there's probably a difference between what the two of you are saying, which is that I think to Mark's point, the value at the time could never have been higher because it was the chase. You were chasing the elusive champion. hundred percent. I don't think never. you're ever going to have that again. Never. So I think that from now on, the value has a limit that never existed prior to 2016, right? Like when we had, I could say in my family, we've had tickets for years, as you guys know. And my dad did not like having the tickets when they were horrible. But the whole thing was, we're going to see this through because they have Theo Epstein. And if they actually end up in the World Series, we're going to go. And we did. And it was life highlight stuff for me, my dad, my mom, all of us who had been, you know, my grandfather who had suffered through this BS for for all these years to finally have it literally pay off for us to go and go to the world series for face value. But I think now that they've won, obviously, you know, it's just, there's going to be less demand. It's not, it's not, I haven't seen it in my lifetime. It's we've all seen it. So love to see it again, obviously. But I think that the, the dynamic is somewhere in between.
0: It's a great point. Like if to if you also, if you are holding on to the tickets like some people who bought in in like 2011, yours truly, you, I was buying in because I knew I believed in Theo and I thought the tickets would have enormous value if they did exactly what they did and they did. And I was able to benefit from that, not to the level that I should have, but I was able to benefit. Um, that if you're just doing it on that basis. It's a it's a bad buy because you're, you're there's the only time you're gonna get paid off is if they actually get to the World Series and you're not and they're and and you're not gonna get paid off like you did before. No, you're, not, you're the, not.
4: getting twenty thousand a ticket.
0: I don't no, chance. No, no chance. No chance. Nope. And yeah. so, um. Sure. Any anyway. rate, but here, yeah, I'll
3: defer. You guys are more
0: looking like experts. Well, me. can well, I make well, you feel
3: good though? Sure. Or you want to get to Wilson Contreras?
0: Well, we've got ten minutes, so you can. Uh, Go. I just wanted to talk about because I know we've everyone's talking about like the difference in like,
3: oh, this is the same thing as 2011 and 2012. And I'm trying to want to make people feel good because I think there are sizable differences to the rebuild. You go back 10 years ago, look at where they had their system. They just had traded four of their top 10 prospects. So, and their system was very average at best, mediocre. So, they lost that. They had still those contracts left. They had zero pieces that you could look at and be like this guy, you can actually either build around, or this guy is going to be at least a contributor on a team. Not one, not literally one. They now have what's considered to be a top 10 system in baseball. You have Wilson Contreras, who you could choose to build around. You only have what? 52 million committed in payroll. 42. Next year. Yeah. And you have someone that has shown in the past, even though it's different, that they will spend if it's if it's good money. I just think that we had to go through 2012, 13, and 14 before we saw any glimpses of hope. I think with the trades, the Jordan's point again, that being a scout, they're a lot closer to being in like middle of 2013 than they were middle of 20 of where they were 10 years ago. I don't I think it's going to take as long to get there based on the trades they made some of the pieces they already had. Brennan Davis is a better prospect than any of those guys were. And I don't know what he's going to turn into, but just the volume of guys that they have should, should bring in some optimism that it could turn around much faster than it did last time. I don't know if it will, but it could.
0: they catching in the minors is strong, correct? Yeah. It's so, their,
3: one of their top prospects is, is a catcher. Miguel. So they Amaya, could go there. Miguel player. Amaya. Yeah. Ethan right. Hearns another guy, potential top 30. They're, they're decent at catcher.
0: So are you paying market rate for Wilson Contreras or are you trading him in the offseason
4: Can I just say that I I think I like Wilson Contreras as a guy I like his passion I think he's a good player I have to admit I kind of found it entertaining that he thought that he was a player you build around I don't mean to be mean about it but like I feel like if he said that in a room of other players there would just be like an awkward silence because <laughs> he's a good player but, like, he's not a franchise cornerstone. With due respect to Wilson Contreras, like, am I, am I crazy here? Like, he's, no, a, he's but a nice player. Wise, I mean,
3: is there five
4: catchers better in baseball? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, like, is he that good? Like, what are you paying him to give what he's giving?
0: I, I love him. I love the arm. I love the competitiveness. And he has. Is he a
4: franchise cornerstone?
0: Well, to me, he's like poor man's yachty. Like, to, like that's the type of guy that I would like him to be like Yachty just I, on the other side competing against him. He doesn't have the clutch gene that Yachty's got. And maybe that doesn't bear out in the numbers, Beto. I'm not sure. But every time Yachty's up in a clutch.
3: Good way to proactively bring that up. Yeah, you saw yeah. me staring through you on that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that you don't buy into clutch and. Whatever. No, I do. Okay. I do. I just think sometimes it can be
3: overvalued. I will agree. I think Yadier Molina's approach in clutch situation is why he's so good at it.
0: So right. I would agree. He, I mean, he's just, when Yadier's up there in a the match, like the, he's going he's, he's gonna to get you. You just feel it. And not that he obviously does it every time, but he does it often. So that, that I see Wilson in that frame. Like like he's the guy behind the plate that's leading the Cubs and, and their energy, but he's not clutch like Yadier. He just isn't.
4: He's also going to be 30 next year.
0: That's the other thing. His
4: contract is up at the end of 22, if I'm correct. One more year to go. Yep. That's correct. You're then talking about paying a 31 year old catcher in 23 and beyond. I'm, I'm saying I like Wilson. I think he's a good player. I think he's been a solid, you know, two time all star for the Cubs. I'm generally a fan of the way he plays. I think sometimes it gets a little bit too aggressive, but you know, he picks a lot of runners off. He does exciting things behind the plate. He wants to be good, which is something that you can't always teach. You know, he wants to be the best catcher in the league, but he's not. So objectively he is a good major league catcher. But I, I have to admit that when I read the quote, I'm like build around you dude, like you're good. Yeah. But like, (laughs) like what, what, what team is building? Like, What team is building around Wilson Contreras where he's the focal point and they're in the playoffs? I I
3: will say one thing that you could do. We talked about the age and it depends on the value cost, probably a whole cost benefit analysis thing. But one thing that could increase his longevity and include someone like playing Amaya is that the DH is coming to the national league. So there you can maybe prolong his career by DHing him. If his bat comes around too, it's a small variable, but it's certainly something they'll they'll take into consideration.
0: I mean, he he has not missed much at all this year. I mean, he's been on the field all the time. The dude, dude catches
3: like 140 in. They they haven't yes. had a backup catcher. He, he, Torinos he, is fine, but before that, they didn't have anyone. I feel right. like that's been the Fedorovich. last few years. Tim he, Fedorovich. He, he, that's our who, guy. Who was that? Let's bring dude. back John Baker.
0: Who was the backup catcher that we traded to Baltimore? Steve Clevenger,
3: right? For Arietta, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stevie, Stevie Clevenger. Stevie baseball, as I call them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would pay Wilson. I'm a little biased, but I just I like I like the Contreras energy. By the way, thank you for being on the podcast. The words of Jordan Burnfield, I say I they it, don't like,
3: represent uh, your thoughts, they just disgust the me. As I mean whole. it's just it's no, just,
4: I I like him. I I think I'm that's why I'm qualifying. I like him. I'm just I'm, saying that like franchise cornerstone and good player are two different things. Yeah, right. Like but maybe Bryant, he, I mean he's
3: confident in his abilities, maybe he's doing like the hey, all these other yeah. guys are leaving, but I want to be in Chicago. I actually need it. And I love like, that. I, I love the here.
4: sentiment. It's just like you know, Chris Bryant is a franchise cornerstone. Well, you pay him to be your cornerstone. Wilson Contreras is a really nice role player, but he's not a cornerstone.
0: So what he said, because I know you guys were not there when I interviewed him yesterday, and this was ahead of us. We uh, are playing it ahead of us talking today. But he, I asked him like what about 2016 do you think would play on the next world series team what was it about that team and the one thing he named was it was a mix of veterans and young players and which is very basic but i do think it's worth noting and it's like and that team stuck together from april to november so he's naming that the current version of the cubs there he's naming some some level of strife in that clubhouse for whatever reason and he's also naming it like he came up that year in June, hit a home run in his first at bat. First at bat. Yeah. Met Carmen at Tony's burritos on Damon and, Be- and uh and Belmont and on August Good 17th. Place. Yeah,
3: Been there a few times past midnight.
0: Yeah, he walks in, it's it's August, no one recognizes him. I'm staring, I'm like, that's Wilson Contreras. Hey Wilson, can I get a quick pick? I just pointed at my phone. He's like, you know, he kind of waved me over. So you know, but the, the dude's gone from that guy to everyone recognizes him, and he wants to be the face of the franchise. I appreciate that out of him, uh, but he, you know, the, he was a young guy that year. Uh, you had a lot, you had a ton of young players, and then you had the veterans: Lester and Lackey, uh, Zobrist, right? Hayward, Dexter. Dexter, like they, they had, there was a, there was a night nice, and then, you know, you had. they're also good.
3: That helps. Right. And they were like also really, really talented <laughs> on the field. Probably had something yes. to do with it.
0: Second year, Chris veteran Rizzo. Like, but, the, but I think what he's naming is, 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 a, I mean, who knows if they can get back there, but they, there, there was something missing that, that I think was on it with that mix that they had then.
4: This is going to end. Do you want to send another one and we can finish it or no? No, nah, really
0: I, I hate this team. Do you have any other thoughts? And
4: do you want to do any other thoughts? Because we're, it's going to end in... in
0: I, I know. I know. I want your one last... I, I
3: want all the Kevin Alcantara and Alex Canario home run, like grainy videos from the minor leagues. Give me all of it. 2009 okay. to 2014, Beto is back. All I ju- care about is the ju- future.
0: Judging by consumption, 1% of the people are listening at this point. So we're at diminishing returns plus right now, Jordan. But love to- <laughs> Harry, Harry Doyle. <laughs> I, Don't I, worry. I, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> I would, lo- I, I would want, love one last brilliant thought in the 20 seconds we have.
4: When Contreras homered on the first pitch of his career, I thought he was Buster Posey.
2: I think Cup fans are excited about Wilson Contreras.
0: This program was
1: recorded on tape for a live audience.
2: I mean, he's probably having enough trouble just keeping his heart rate down, and then he gets a standing ovation from 40,000 people. That's a a goosebump kind of moment here before his first ever big league (laughs) at-bat.
4: High and deep to center field.
2: Scene and what a moment for Wilson Contreras homering in his first major league at bat.
4: Got a standing ovation before the at bat and a curtain call after.
2: Yeah, of course, uh, I would love uh, to be a part of a, of a new World Series for Chicago Cubs.